America Meditating Radio Show, we collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts 24-7. Hi, I'm Sister Jenna. Join me and guest on Blog Talk Radio as we amplify stories that compel us to be more for ourselves and everyone else around us. Blaylock Dialysis Center is a convenient state-of-the-art dialysis center in the Houston area, run by Dr. Panakin Patel. Relax in a comfortable environment while receiving quality care. Serving adults 18 to geriatrics, we are here to help you. Call 713-463-6611 for more information or visit us at our website at www.blaylockdialysiscenter.com. Blaylock Dialysis Center, where helping you get well is our priority. The Meditation Museum in Silver Spring, Maryland, offers a variety of courses and activities to make your life go a whole lot smoother. Located at 9525 Georgia Avenue, you will be able to experience the beautiful silence that's in the space. There are courses in Rajoga Meditation, Positive Thinking, Stress-Free Living, and Personal Development classes. For more information, call us at 301-588-0144 or visit us online at meditationmuseum.org. Are you in need of a tech service company that's going to deliver the best solutions for your business? Then Atchanika is your solutions headquarters. Here we specialize in your individual needs to make sure your business shines. For more information, please call 301 301- 417-0070 or visit us at our website at atchonica.net at Chonica, where we deliver for you. Take a break. Breathe. Why don't you visit the Peace Village Learning and Retreat Center 518-589-5000 Get off the grid and step inside your heart. Sister Jenna guides you through a powerful, encouraging, and motivating meditation that allows you to let go and become aware of you, regain strength, power, and peace. Hello, everyone, and welcome to America Meditating Radio. I'm your host, Sister Jenna, and we're broadcasting from the Meditation Museum in downtown Silver Spring. So I was on a call today, and Antonia in the studio is going to look at me and maybe give me a cute smile. But I'm on a call, right, with somebody who has known me for quite a number of years. And we're talking about some business things and some logistical things. And then they explained to me something about how they heard this and they heard that, and I need to be very cautious about what I say on the air and this and that. I go, I don't know what you're talking about. Explain to me what you're saying, what is the purpose of your message to me, and why, and who said what and how. And what I was picking up from the person was like they got some information which wasn't clear to them. And then they're passing on this information to me that's not clear to them. And I'm going, no, it stops here. Look, I'm in my process of healing. I'm here in the Meditation Museum and the America Meditating Radio and the Huffington Post and all these other things that we're involved with to create transparency, cleanliness, honesty, and clarity amongst the people that I work with, serve with. So anything that comes to me that's very murky or gray, I go, no, this has to stop here. I don't know what you're saying, and I don't understand what you're saying. 
And then the person kept going on about, well, you just be careful about whatever you say on the air, Sister Jenna, because of this and that. I go, look, I speak with honesty, truth, and that makes me powerful and nobody can touch me. That's my conviction. It's if I'm deceitful to myself that I'm hurting myself and then I feel weak and then I feel like anyone can attack me. So please tell me clearly what are you trying to say to me? And then the person could not give me a clear explanation. And I thought about, you know, there are different ways that we are bruised, you know. I think there's such a variety of ways that we find ourselves not very comfortable in our skin, not very aware. And those of you who have been following the show, you know my father just passed away a few days ago. He was in a coma for a month. And even this person, then she says, so how is your father? I go, I send you an email <laughs> three days ago that he passed away and I've heard from everyone else and I know how busy you must be. And she goes, oh, I'm so, I don't know, it must have fallen deep down. I go, look, I don't need your apology. I'm fine. Let's clear up this issue because it's going to create more pain and more discomfort in relationships that are very strained. Okay, here's what I'm trying to get to, my friends. Be the person where pain stops. You be that instrument where the pain stops here. And there are a variety of ways that we are living a life of pain and frustration and hate and dismay and doubt and criticism and confusion and trauma, deceit, being ridiculed, embarrassed, ashamed. There are so many ways that we are hurting. And are there ways that you know that you can heal your own emotions? Because heal has generations of wounds that we're traveling with. It's not just what happened to me 10 years ago that's bothering me. It's what happened to me like 10 lifetimes ago that I'm still traveling with. And so what are some of the methods that you have to create your own inner healing and to create a well-being and a community that can support you? Because if anyone brings stuff in front of me, I'll always tell them, this has got to stop here. I cannot support that energy. I can't support that vibe. The reason why I have felt it for myself, it doesn't serve the greater cause. Antonia, remember when we were working on the project recently? She was, look, Antonia's already got like, um, you know, Lady Diana short here. Everything is in place. Look. My goodness, after she was done with this program or project, I don't know what happened. The woman pulled out every strand of her hair, and now I don't know where to find her pieces to put it back in her head. (laughs) But it's just that she was going wild because there wasn't clear communication, there wasn't really transparency, and so she's so used to working with a lot of honesty and openness. And when she wasn't getting that, I said, it has to stop. It has to stop here. You can't continue that story. So to make a long story short, today's conversation is about how we're going to heal ourselves and how we're going to create a better well-being in the community. So stay tuned. We're going to have the amazing Jackie Parker on the America Meditating Radio, and we're going to go deep, deep within our own being to understand some of the beautiful ideas that she's come to share with us. Now, before I get Jackie on the air, I'd like us to do a very simple meditation, the power to let go. So take a deep breath. Take in this moment, I the soul, settle gently inside, behind my eyes, as I continue this journey in time. Attachments, and I am not 
I settle further within the soul, I am powerful. With the power to let go, I am able to release the negative thoughts and memories that I find myself still holding on to. I recognize that the past is the past and to bring any of it into the present is to limit my fortune for the future. Instead, I, the soul, remain positive light and true. I'm free from burdens or worries, trusting that with the power to let go, new experiences and beautiful experiences are attracted to me. I am greatly fortunate. The power to let go from my off-to-work meditation CD. I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you so much. So, here we are at this extremely profound point, and we are very privileged to welcome Jackie Parker, the author of Our Lady of Infidelity, is an award-winning poet, and she has written the best-selling young adult novel, Love Letters to My Fans, and a full-length play, Sentia, and occasionally blogs for the Huffington Post. Now, her transformational workshops, The Power of Our Stories, use meditation and writing to bring creativity and community into the lives of people of all ages and backgrounds. Jackie has designed and led classes, rather, for the UCLA Arts and Healing Program and for schools and counseling centers, community gatherings, at-risk adolescents, and others. For the past seven years, she has also been a teacher of Kundalini Yoga Meditation. And today we welcome Jackie Parker to the America Meditating Radio. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Sister Jenna. I'm so happy to be here and talking to you. What a beautiful introduction. Oh, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. And, you know, I understand that Our Lady of Infidelity, that's a very interesting title, (laughs) led you to your meditation practice, and I can't wait for you to tell our listeners what that actually means, Our Lady of Infidelity. Like, how did that lead you into meditation? That is such an interesting, long journey. I will try to turn (laughs) it into a story. First of all, infidelity, in my mind, is a town. It exists outside of Joshua Tree in the desert and a fictional town. But when I was writing the story, I had no understanding of meditation. I was a skeptic. 
I thought mysticism was strange, and so I was writing a satirical novel about these topics and a lovely little girl who is deluded into thinking that she sees a vision in the car wash window in this little town of infidelity. What happened to me was the book took me on a journey so that while I was writing it, I couldn't go past 75 pages. And I ended up in an artist colony, writing day after day after day, getting nowhere. And finally, someone who was a friend of mine there said, out of the clear blue sky, let's do an open eyes meditation. I'd never done any meditation. We sat down in his studio, which was a studio that John Lennon had been in, and Leonard Bernstein and Aaron Copland, amazing composers. He taught me the lotus position. He said, look into my eyes, breathe deeply and just surrender. And I was terrified. But I trusted him because he was such a lovely person of such integrity and wrote such beautiful music. So I thought I would do it. And Uh almost instantly, I began seeing black and white visions of saints, Indian saints. I don't know how I knew it, but they were holy, holy men. And I, I thought, this is absolutely extraordinary. No wonder people meditate. And then I heard a sound behind me that came up the back of my spine, and a little door seemed to open on the top of my head, and then I saw beautiful, colorful visions beside him, red rocks, us climbing over them, and then I was convinced, whatever this was, I wanted more of it. What I didn't realize, of course, was I had this extraordinary awakening and opening my first time out. Now, I had been a poet. I was a dreamy child who who saw beauty where people thought there was ugliness. So very possibly I had this inborn mystical tendency, which I really didn't understand. I also was a teacher who always saw what I now understand was the soul in my students, the best in my students, and had a lot of difficulty with teachers who said, well, she can't do that or you can't do that. So this was kind of latent probably my whole life. Perhaps, you know, and one of the interesting things is, and I think this is where a lot of folks sometimes feel like, and I'm only speaking because I I understand the vision and all of these amazing things, but when some folks feel, well, I didn't have that, I didn't see saints in black and white, I didn't see then, you know, saints in color and then, you know, get this incredible feeling, I tell them each person is different. It's based on what's going on in our spirit at that time. Meditation doesn't necessarily mean you need to see that, but it could be a catalyst to actually push the soul into saying, I want to live a more reflective life and I want to have a lot more meaning in my life. It, you know, so I call you and me like, what do you call them, hard notch? Yeah. A vision or something to hit you on the head to go, you yeah. need to hear yourself, you know, and not yeah. everybody needs that. And of course, knowing nothing, really having no experience of meditation, I didn't understand that. But the interesting thing was, once I had that experience, I could not write a satire of mystical experience. Mm. And it led me on a path. Two weeks later, I was sitting in my teacher's house, again, by accident, I thought, 3,000 miles away, I found a meditation teacher, Bruce Joel Rubin. And Mm. it turned out the practice that he taught was an age-old kundalini, kriya meditation, open eyes practice, the exact same one that my friend had introduced me to. Mm. And I've been doing this practice ever since. And it has opened me 
in so many ways and allowed me to understand the material that had come to me that I was not going to write a satire about. So that really, in the end, the word infidelity for me has come to mean until we are in touch with all of ourselves, including our spiritual beings, we really are in infidelity to life, that the Mm. material life alone is not enough. It's not going Mm. to allow us to be full in our lives, to love each other, to get past all the blockages that keep us apart, that keep us limited within ourselves and with each other. Yeah, I get that. I get that very clearly, and that's very, very profound. I know that you've been doing some work with at-risk children, and I think the world has a grave concern about the future of their their legacy, the kinds of messages that children are receiving today from people who have influential platforms. It's very mixed, and it's not in the way that you were raised. It's not in the way that I was raised. It's just not the way that we feel like we want young kids to begin to model that if you're in a position of power, in a position of influence, that this is the behavior that you're supposed to exude. So I can only imagine like the work with kids now or, or, or children who who are really stifling or struggling to really find what is a positive role model. I mean, you go to the sports, there are issues. You go to politics, there are issues. You go to religion, there are issues. You hear people in corporate, you know, who are being greedy. You, they hear issues. Teachers are being arrested for things that are mm-hmm. not very positive with students. Yeah. And so, and then, mm-hmm. you know, kids have their own issues with their parents. Where do children yeah. go to find a good role model in today's times? And so I know that you're doing work with at-risk students, so tell us a little bit about what that work is about. And if you were to guide a child to look for a positive example, where would you direct them? These are such big questions. First of all, I kind of feel every child today is at risk for all the reasons you just described. It really is. It feels like a very dangerous culture out there. On the other hand, The beauty of meditation, and of course, it doesn't have to be the bells and whistles mystical experience that I had. There there are all kinds of wonderful forms of meditation. Some of them now are in the schools. There's the work of uh, Dr. Dan Siegel at UCLA, the Mindsight Institute. He teaches, his program teaches meditation to children, to parents, to teachers in the schools. I think for a while we can't look for heroes outside ourselves. I think that learning how to go within, how to get quiet, how to disconnect from all the noise, all of these messages, the constant call of the world to our attention, and learning how to be still inside ourselves, meditate, be quiet for five minutes, and then find your own voice. And the program that I have been doing, and I have done this program with at-risk kids, with highly evolved adults, with all kinds of people, the program is the same and the effect is the same. There's a 10-minute practice that anybody can do. You breathe deeply for five minutes. Your meditations are beautiful. Just five minutes Mm -hmm. of that. Then you pick up a pen and a a pad or a little notebook, Mm -hmm. and you write for five minutes. You just let the words spool out of your hands. You don't decide what you want to write about. You don't worry about what you're writing about. You let Mm -hmm. it come through your hand without thought. You can, and I say this, just sit back, step away from your hand, let your hand move, and let the words come through you. And what happens in that kind of practice, and it happens 
right out of the gate. It doesn't take any preparation except the silence. And I think from what the kids have told me and adults also, a sense that somehow in the room this is a safe place. It's a quiet place. It's a protected place. It's a place that really honors the inner voice. Mm-hmm. And once we learn how to honor that, give a space for it, give a little mm-hmm. time, people begin to have a relationship with that part of themselves. And it's through that relationship that they can filter out these messages in the world and say, mm-hmm. that's not for me. That doesn't define me. And I have to say, the kids that I have worked with, and they're not that young, I mean, some of them now are you know, 18 and to 22 in, in some of these at-risk groups, they are smart They see what's going on. And the other thing is they have big, compassionate hearts. Because I think they see so much suffering around them, they are not what the media shows us they are. That's the biggest surprise that I've had in working with kids. And I've actually been working with them for decades. I taught in high school for a while, and I brought this program right into an English classroom. And there were a group of kids. I call them the football poets. These were the Mm. stoic boys with the beautiful bodies. And you thought, well, they weren't, you know, everybody was afraid of them. They were so tender inside when they Mm. sat in silence. And then they wrote. Such beautiful things came out of them. I once had a football coach that came in and said, what the hell are you doing to my boys? And mm-hmm. what we know what that is. Everybody needs this. We need to be able to, to connect with that part of ourselves so we can feel compassion right. for ourselves. I get that. I remembered when my mother used to write me letters. She used to go in yoga, in meditation with the Supreme Being, the Supreme Power, which is her connection in meditation and in Raj Yoga. And she would write me these letters. It would be either half a page or one page. And I tell you, Jackie, after just reading the second sentence or the third sentence, you could feel the intention and the power of the vibration in those few lines alone. And it's funny that we're having this conversation because just today I was thinking about the importance of writing in meditation and how you can convey your vibe of intention just through the state that you are in when you're writing. You've ever received a letter when somebody is really angry, how you feel like, oh, God, you know? And you can feel the anger because they were writing in anger, but very few of us actually write in a very, very loving way so that people can actually feel the vibrations on the other end. And so I I totally understand how powerful that could be. But I want us now to congratulate you on the release of your new book, Our Lady of Infidelity, which we spoke about earlier. And I want to hear a little bit, you're welcome, I want to hear a little bit more about the book and what can we expect from the book? Okay, Uh, this is the paperback release, which is really delightful. It came out in hardback, and now it's in paperback, which I'm really happy to make it more accessible to people. What happens to the characters in Infidelity are, it's a very small town, and the people who've come to this town are hungry for something, and they don't quite know what it is. I love to bring people together who ordinarily would have nothing to do with one another, and watch their hearts melt and open and their lives intertwine. Because, of course, that's our vision for what we would love this world to be, so that the differences dissolve and they can be for each other what they need. So the owner of the car wash, Walt Adair, has been a very successful commercial real estate developer. And I think that's kind of interesting in light of what's going on 
today, but he's lost a lot of money and he has a family and he has decided he can't keep up that kind of lifestyle. And his family rejects him, his children and his wife, and he goes out to the desert and sees a vision for a car wash for the soul and he builds it and almost no one comes. And there is a priest who is there who is taking care of a young mother who uh, came from El Salvador. The novel takes place in the 90s, and she and her, her baby daughter were fleeing the death squads. Her husband had been killed, and she is traumatized and suspicious of everyone. And it's the little girl who really is a mystic, and she sees the spiritual life in the world and in the desert. And another woman comes in search of her runaway husband with a purple flyer, which she thinks is going to lead her to where her husband has run to. And she ends up putting the window into the car wash in which the vision appears. All of these characters have no idea what's about to happen. But the people in the town also begin to see things in the car wash window. Everybody sees something different, and they come into just that state you were talking about when you described your mother's letters, a sense of an energy state of beauty and healing and peace, and everybody's experience is different, but the effect is the same. They open to themselves. They open to this beautiful energy, which is loving and healing, and they open to each other, and they help each other in ways they really needed. So that's the the basis mm-hmm. of the book. I also had a little fun with all of the classic visions that people see when they talk about mystical experience. So some people see Luce doing extraordinary things, and some people don't. And some mm-hmm. people have extraordinary experiences, and some people simply have experiences of deep and quiet love. And in exactly the same way that uh, you spoke about earlier, everybody has a different kind of uh, meditation experience. It really doesn't matter how it comes to us. Some people can uh, read literature and their hearts are open or listen to music or dance. There's no one way for any of us to say, well, this is the way. so true. It's so true. There's so where can our listeners get a copy of Our Lady of Fidelity? Um, and before I let you go, leave us with your website where we can get information on your work that you're okay. doing. Well, Our Lady of Infidelity is in good bookstores everywhere. It's on Amazon. Yay, Amazon. <laughs> oh, yes. It's, and I'm grateful to it. And also, to there, it's going to be in several Barnes & Nobles. So readers can just check and see, but definitely Amazon. And my website is JackieParker.co, and easy to contact me that way. Mm, Beautiful. Jackie Parker, leave us with the best vision for yourself, a vision that would make the world a better place. This is really interesting. I found this. It was in an old book that I had, and it's from E.E. Cummings, of all people. Here's what it is. We do not believe in ourselves until someone reveals that deep inside us is valuable, worth listening to, worthy of our trust, sacred to our touch. Once Mm -hmm. we believe in ourselves, we can risk curiosity, wonder, spontaneous delight, or any experience that reveals the human spirit. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much.
That was awesome. Thank you Thank so you. much, Sister Janet. It was lovely. All the very best. So. Same here. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Take good care. Bye. Bye-bye. So as Jackie said, um, you know, you can have your epiphany in your moments. It could be in any form or shape. It doesn't have to be that you see saints in black and white or color. It could be just something very beautiful that's emerging inside of you that's just ready to be revealed. And, you know, writing with these pure feelings or writing with that energy of vibration and conviction can also be a service and can also create quite a, a profound experience in the spirit. So I hope you've enjoyed Jackie's story and how we can understand ourselves, heal ourselves, look for better role models and, and, and build a community around that. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we are here to love each other the same. Let's end by Sarah McLaughlin, Instruments of Peace. Take care, everyone.
Thank you. 